Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going? It's going great, Shay. The countdown is still going for the release mm-hmm. of uh, the next season. It's always an amazing time in uh, our world, which is the Apex world, and happy to get into it. It's going to be a fun one for anyone, uh, you know, kind of saying, what the heck is a third-party podcast episode doing on my feed on a Thursday at 8 a.m.? Well, today, we are breaking down all things Vantage because we were fortunate enough to be invited to the press event to reveal the latest and greatest on all things Vantage so we could share it with you guys as early as possible. It was a blast and we appreciate the invitation. Uh, EA Creator Network opportunities have been absolutely awesome and Henry and I are very thankful to do so. Before we dive into Vantage and all things that we can share now, make sure if you want a question answered on the show, ask it in our Discord channel meant for questions or leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Kirk Rudoche, at H. Burson. Links for those to join the Discord, follow us on Twitter, are all in the description. If you want to support the show, keep it happening, get these early episodes of cool insider events for new seasons, please consider joining our Patreon. Should be getting a little facelift here, so check it out if you haven't uh, seen our Patreon page in a while. Um, should be a lot easier to read, a lot of cool options for you to choose from, and the support really means the world to us. So thank you to all of our current patrons. Um, I think we have about 170 at this yeah, point. Something so crazy right now. Yeah. Tons of support. It's very overwhelming. Thank you very much. Yeah, so we're going to dive into it. We're going to go all things Vantage, and we're going to answer some five-star questions at the end of the show today. Um, you know, we're going to share everything we kind of were able to gather from this event we were able to attend, but obviously, you know, more details and then the official confirmations once we play her on cooldowns, all the fun stuff, maybe any last second changes if they ever come in. Uh, we'll talk about next week, actually, honestly, which is going to be uh, pretty sweet, hopefully. So with that as well, little announcement, Mastering Vantage is going to come out on August 13th, so a little bit earlier, uh, just because we have this information, a lot of time to think about her before actually having to dive in and play her. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm excited. What what do you think, though, about this odd Thursday release for the first time in two and a half years? (laughs) We'll see. It's a little awkward. uh, But if people like it a lot and reach out, say, well, I like the two weekday releases, we can always change things. So maybe this is the start of something new. Um, Until we see the Wednesday download numbers plummet and nobody listens. Yeah. (laughs) Don't want to see that. So maybe this is a one time thing, but who knows? Uh, Things can always change. Yeah. With that, though, let's get into Vantage. We're going to start with some lore. Vantage is obviously her. Her legend's name, but her real name is Siomara Contreras. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Nailed Killed that. it. Nailed it. Uh, she has some really cool lore. And at her core, uh, Vantage believes her mom has been wrongfully imprisoned. And we know that to be true. And is competing in the games to share kind of the message that her mom is wrongfully imprisoned to the Outlands to raise awareness. And I think obviously with the goal of frustrating enough people to get her released and i gotta say though her mom does seem a little interesting uh the devs did say that you know she is innocent of her crimes 
But she seems to have like a plan or something up her sleeve in the works at the same time, based off of kind of the trailers and stuff that we saw. What are your kind of first thoughts on like Bandage's kind of story in the yeah. games? I mean, she didn't grow up having a a wonderful life at the same time. There, like it was survival. Not really social. Like mm-hmm. it was hard. Had to work every day. She's now in the games. The thing is, we don't really know exactly how she got into the games. Yeah. Um, which I think is a big question mark that we normally try to have answered. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, it's possible. You know, we might get some more answers to the quest, maybe voice lines or uh, some maybe Twitter lore comics. It's very mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a lot of question marks around her mom, how she got into the games. Um, and I bet you that regardless there's going to be ties to the syndicate um, with at least her mom because Mm -hmm. anything that's a political crime that we think normally when you're wrongfully imprisoned there's a reason that they wanted to lock you away and so she's probably you know fighting against the syndicate in some way like that's kind of a an easy assumption to make so Mm -hmm. i'm sure we'll be learning more and more about vantage's lore and family yeah uh, the other kind of tidbits of lore that we were able to gather from this event we were able to attend is that Vantage is the youngest legend to enter the games. She really is kind of the young pup that Fuse talked about. And like we said, confirmation her mom's innocent, but also her mom was pregnant during the Outland Civil War, which totally, like you were saying, kind of opens up the question of what she do, you know, what was it against the syndicate? Like, what side was she on in the Outland Civil Wars? That kind of stuff. It's going to be kind of interesting to learn more about and i think the other thing i'm so excited for but a little tidbit that we got was that horizon and mackie are going to kind of play two different forms of motherly figures for vantage so you're obviously going to get we've kind of seen the loving nurturing side of horizon horizon Mm -hmm. obviously i think the child she's always kind of wanted to raise the opportunity could be here and maggie probably going to get the Oh, wait, this young girl's mom's in prison and she's a badass. Oh, that's my girl. Like, I like her. and she's gonna, there's gonna be influence there as well. I'm so excited to see the voice lines, how that progresses into lore and the back and forth between those three. And I'll say, Mad Maggie is pretty similar to Vantage's mom in general. Like, they yeah. both they kind of have visual similar aesthetics, mm-hmm. but they're also both fighters. So I think Vantage could connect well with maggie or push her away drastically mm-hmm. because of that so who really knows but uh we always love those fun in-game voice lines and that legend to legend lore yeah totally with that though let's dive into the abilities i think we'll, we'll go through these abilities and then kind of talk about how we could see them fitting into the game how we could see them being used uh, and start with the passive of spotters lens so Vantage is actually able to gather intel by aiming down sights unarmed or with long-range scopes. Uh, the intel that she gets from that are size of the squad, distance to target, and the rarity of body shields on the team that she's looking at. Vantage additionally is a recon legend, so she's going to get the beacon on top of that. Do you want to go through all these and then talk holistically, or do we want to go one by one and kind of share some thoughts? What, what do you think is the best approach? Let's go one by one, even okay. though normally like to do things holistically, but I just don't want to lose anything. Yeah, there's a little bit of bleed through too, so we'll circle yeah, back for sure. That's the thing. Um, but I think this pass is really interesting. I think, you know, first thing you hear is 
this reminds you of kind of the Pathfinder passive people have asked for for so long of being able to zoom without a scope. Now, obviously, you're adding Intel on top of that. I think that Intel is pretty solidly valuable. Knowing if a team you're looking at has, you know, like two people left, one person left, and then are they stacked on armor or do you out armor them? Gives you some really good confidence going into a fight. And I think you could see some really smart players loving Vantage because it's going to offer this really cool in-game strategy aspect as well. Yeah, this is huge. When we think about recon passive abilities, Bloodhound, maybe Wraith, maybe Seer, this is probably the best, most visual intel on what's going to impact your fight. If you are Mm -hmm. able to identify a team and know just by looking at them with this passive that they all have common armor, wow, that's crazy. What it's going to come down to is the range of this passive. Is it going to be able to help you a lot in close quarters without a scope? Um, I think it's going to be the deal breaker on if this rocks the world Mm -hmm. or she's going to have a steep drop off after the first couple of weeks. Um, And and Raycon's always really tough to work with, but Mm -hmm. as we get to connect it with the other Tough connection or tough competition as well. Yeah. Big time. Mm -hmm. Big time. It's cool though. And you know, Beacon, we can echo how long, how much we love the Beacon on and on if we want to, but you guys have heard that a billion times. Huge value add to the kit. That's all I'll say about that. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how this uh, plays out essentially. Obviously, I think the elephant in the room, her passive is not a sniper passive. Like that was kind of what a lot of people were hoping for and thinking we would get. We obviously, she gets a benefit based off of being able to use long-range scopes effectively with snipers, see the distance, understand damage drop-off because of that, and you know, have hopefully hit more shots. So it's almost like this indirect sniper passive. I just want to say, like personally, I like it. I'm a fan. I don't like the idea. The weapon passives, to me, limit how you can play a character, and I think that's always dissuading to choosing a legend, even when they're you know, you love Rampage or Rampart. I'm a big Maggie person and we play him a ton. There's still like this element of like, ah, I don't always want to feel boxed into doing something at times. And that I think is an early win so far for Vantage and that mm-hmm. she is, you know, prone to use snipers, but she isn't boxed in. And her passive really is effectively, she gets a good scope on snipers. You know, how powerful is that? You kind of have mm-hmm. to beef it up a little bit with this additional intel of the body armor mm-hmm. and the number of people in the squad. So I think it's kind of nice because you take away those two things and really you're looking at a free digi threat sniper scope without the digi threat, you know, by just giving you the distance <laughs> to target. It's not that much. It's valuable, but you add all three of those components together into this and. Mm. You start to have something that's value. pretty dang good. Um, mm-hmm. But again, range is going to be a big deal on can this be used kind of similar to Seer? Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a big question. Yeah. Let's get into tactical. Echo relocation. So Vantage is able to leap to her companion Echo by pressing down on the tactical button as long as she has a clear line of sight on Echo and he is within 40 meters. Echo is the bat. So Echo will be flying around doing his thing. You will use your 
first tactical press to order Echo around the map uh, and place him to prepare for jumps from the looks of it. Uh, you know, how about you go using that? I think it's going to be really interesting to see how players figure that out. Uh, and then additionally, once you leap to this legend, and I think we got to clarify, the trailer shows it as like a fly. It truly is more of a leap from what we were told, um, and that you can then double jump at the end of that leap. Not as intense as an octane double jump, but from the looks of it, you can add some height still to your character to an extent. And yeah, I think it, it's an interesting combination because we just talked about sniper passive and scope passive, and now we're talking about movement tactical, and it's an interesting combo. And let me throw, I skipped a bullet point, Echo also can't be destroyed, uh, which is kind of an interesting note as well, uh, just from terms of those deployable things sometimes can be vulnerable, a la a crypto drone. Uh, so Echo should be safe. Nobody's going to be killing the little bat friend that everybody's in love with already uh, anytime soon. What do you think? First instincts on hearing this. It's fun. You know, you think about uh, a sniper-based legend, you think about long-range, boring, very fringe, niche ability, mm-hmm. maybe not a lot of people are going to enjoy, but you add on a movement tech, and that starts to open up the possibility. I think it makes me pretty optimistic about Vantage and her fun factor. Comparing this to other abilities is... I think Loba's bracelet was an early uh, comparison of being mm-hmm. able to kind of make a jump. Obviously, major differences. Vantage isn't teleporting. Probably has a little bit more height to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing that I might compare it to is we don't know a lot about cooldown on how this will work. But if we make the assumption that she's kind of a hopper, that really rings back to something that you were saying earlier, Shay, about Pathfinder's ability early on in Apex mm-hmm. history, being able to jump on roofs and kind of reposition quickly in kind of bursts. Vantage may take that short range hopper role mm-hmm. in kind of close range combat, which is a ton of fun and very effective. Fun and effective. I'm glad you said the word effective because it really is. And there was a reason it was kind of removed out of Pathfinder's kit as well. Obviously, he has benefits outside of that, but it, it was taken away for a reason. So I'm interested. The Echo needing to be in sight within 40 meters, to me, screams of the the limitation of like how you can use this ability. Because like I immediately think, like, okay, I'm going to place it one direction. I'm going to maybe go fight another direction and use this as an escape. But because you have to turn, look, and then activate, I don't know what that loop is to complete that exactly, but that's going to obviously limit your ability to use it as a get-out-of-jail-free card like a lot of movement abilities are loved to be from you know Wraith's tactical to Pathfinder's uh, tactical as well. So she's going to be interesting to get in and kind of play with her and figure out how she can be utilized on a team best. And I think you even said it on behind the scenes. You think this tactical might be the, the make or break of her kit just because you know movement is so important in popular legends, we've seen it from day one with legends coming into the game. And so, if this is a you know effective and fun and easy to use ability, I think you could see Vantage as a popular legend. But uh, you know, time will tell on if that kind of rings true with her. Lastly, ultimate snipers mark. 
So Vantage is a customized sniper rifle that she can pull out as her ultimate. Acts like Sheila. You know, you get a third weapon, essentially, with the sniper. Uh, it comes with a limited number of bullets. You have five bullets, and each bullet takes 20% of the cooldown. And so you can use Vantage's ult prior to it reaching 100% cooldown, just you will have less bullets in, in kind of the magazine. Um, as far as we know right now, it's 50 damage to the body and then an additional 100 damage if you hit the same enemy again. So very rewarding to hit successive shots in a row. because You hit two shots, 150 damage. That's pretty dang powerful. And you then tag enemies that are hit. And tagged enemies are not like, you're not scanned, you're not wall hacked. It's not that kind of tag. But tagged enemies then take bonus damage from teammates that hit them. So obviously you, you go into it early thinking like, you're going to shoot somebody and then the whole team's going to shoot somebody and try to get through somebody really quickly. And from the looks of the sniper as well, it looks very effective in terms of ease of use, like looks very close to a hit scan kind of legend. And hit scan means there's not a lot of bullet drop uh, on a gun. And that's something I like to make a sniper, which is not everybody's kind of forte, maybe more approachable to the not as uh, skilled players uh, out there. What do you think, though? Sniper Ultimate, definitely. It's not the easiest connection into the game. <laughs> it's out there. And mm -hmm. just because of that, she's not going to have a high unlock rate. You know, mm -hmm. she's not going to, you know, she's not free to use. No legend really is outside of the yeah. originals. So I think just because of how unique this Ultimate is, she probably won't be very popular in the long run. That being said, I love this ultimate. The idea of having a third weapon, especially one that has very uh -huh. good stats, is epic because it just allows Vantage to then comfortably run a SMG and an LMG and this sniper ultimate. And you just have so much more versatility in a game that rewards exactly that. So I love uh -huh. it for that reason. The other reason I love it is. Being able to do extra damage and tag is reminiscent of Rampart, which coincidentally also has a third weapon. Mm -hmm. The main difference is, like we all love increasing damage. Main difference is Rampart has to set up. Enemies have to come to her. Mm -hmm. Vantage is able to use her ultimate, run at an enemy, mark them, and most likely get the first knock because of this tagging and high damage. So if you add all these components together of being able to be on the move, being able to boost the damage of your teammates on an individual enemy, call it out, and have a high damage dealing weapon, you're getting the first knock. You're winning the fight. It's one mm -hmm. of the single most important parts of Apex Legends is getting the first knock. And I think Vantage's entire kit is focused around doing that. From the passive mm -hmm. to the ultimate, she is so good at identifying opportunities and getting the damage to exactly where it needs to be. She'll be able to tell the armor and get the person who's most vulnerable from a mm -hmm. decent range and then tell her whole team, focus octane, boom, we got the first knock, it's 3v2, easy money cleanup. Yeah. What's not I, to love about that? It's great. Like, really excited. And I could... Like I look at her kit and I'm like, I could seriously see myself playing her. And I'm sure you can as well, because I'm on the same page of like, 
I love using a sniper in Apex Legends, but I hate that then it drops my you know, weapon versatility down to one gun when things kind of close down and the rings get really small towards the end game. Just by having this sniper ultimate, though, you can still run your R301 and shotgun, your R301 and R99, whatever guns you want to combo together as well. And that, to me, is such a massive advantage with the sniper, maybe even more so than what we've seen with Sheila and the LMG in a different way. I think you see pure power, pure DPS with Sheila. But with this, not only do you see, like you said, the strategic element come into the game, but the versatility of being able to have a unique type of weapon uh, at your disposal, essentially, whenever you want. So I think she's set up to be really cool. Overall, like looking at her kid as a whole, and any thoughts you kind of want to share? Just kind of overarching? I was just going to add on that ultimate that Mm -hmm. they've designed the cooldown in a way that you can use it like some players use a sentinel where they'll mm-hmm. have their sentinel they'll whip it out fire use it almost like a marksman to just kind of shock attack the enemy fire off one or two rounds and then swap to their other weapon to close the gap vantage is able to do that with no penalty of a weapon slot so yeah. it just makes her even more efficient at being able to deal that high damage per bullet damage early in a fight shock an enemy, get the first knock, and then close the gap with even more firepower uh, than any other legend. So it, mm-hmm. it's pretty dang cool. I'm very optimistic. And I think, although she won't be very popular, probably isn't going to break into the ALGS in the next year, she's probably going to be fun because yeah. she accomplishes a very, very important role in Apex. And, and I could see her being fun, but also like useful like i could see her if she winds up being a low pick rate legend she's what i love in a low pick rate legend like a crypto where you still have this kind of ceiling and cap and use for why you can play her at a high level which is something when a legend doesn't have that and then they're also low pick rate it's kind of a disappointing combo to see um but if she like you kind of said has that strategic element and has that use case at that point She's going to always stay valuable and have a role. And that's going to be quite exciting to see. I think overall, she's going to have a really cool kit put together. She's going to be really fun for grabbing, you know, off angles, high ground, sniping, closing the gap. Like Echo's going to be fun. I'm sure youngest legend in the game, she's going to have some fun voice lines. Maybe she'll kind of ask some of those young, naive questions that'll get some fun interactions with other legends. I think she's going to be a hoot and a half uh, around the, the games. Uh, the last thing before we dive into questions, though, uh, the devs did mention during the kind of development of her kit, they did mess around with a sniper that had a debuffing ability on the ultimate and a sniper that was an instant knock as well. Uh, and so I thought that was kind of a fun little thing to share, a little peer into the eyes of the development process that they iterate through so many different concepts before kind of settling. Uh, I'm probably glad they didn't go with the instant knock or the debuffing. You know, we've seen the debuffing not really work with rev in terms of feedback and instant knock might be a little a uh, little too much but uh yeah kind of fun little thought there with what they've done to the the kraber they're probably not going <laughs> to ever bring in anything as fun as that yeah oh man before we get into the rest of the episode though here's a quick word from our sponsors welcome back we're going to wrap this up by answering some five star questions first question coming from the chair 
Hey guys, I really like your podcast and it has helped me improve my gameplay. I have started to solo drop in duos and I'm having trouble finding a good gun combo for doing this. So I was wondering if you could give me some suggestions for a good loadout. So far, I have been picking up the R99, but I don't know what secondary I should use and I don't want to rely on just the 99 for my primary. Any help would be much appreciated and keep up the good work on the podcast. Soloing, 1v2ing, 1v3ing. What's the loadout that sets you up for that, you think? It's a hard thing to do. Um, mm-hmm. What my advice would be is that you want power in range, at least in one of your weapons. And I think one of the best weapons for doing that is the wingman. So you're able mm-hmm. to approach a fight where you're at a disadvantage, deal a lot of damage by seeing them first, hopefully hitting a headshot or two with the wingman and getting the first knock. Then you can take a pretty easy 1v1. I think you could come up with some other options, especially now mm-hmm. that the G7 is back. Um, but having <laughs> something like a wingman as almost a primary, and then I'm very flexible on whatever that secondary could be, whether it's an R301, Havoc, Devotion, Spitfire, mm-hmm. like anything that's fully automatic that can deal a lot of damage, it can overcome any disadvantage in numbers, probably going to be a good bet. I wouldn't pick the R99 as a primary when going solo just because you have to get so close in order to be effective and it's so dangerous to be getting that close when you're going up against a 1v2. Yeah. Well said. I mean, I think I echo most of what you just said and, you know, for me when I'm at a disadvantage like that or if I was going to drop solos, which done occasionally, but it's really not like how I play Apex most of the time. You gotta, in my opinion, look at the fastest TTK guns and the guns that can pump out large pieces of damage in small amounts of time. And I think the Wingman is a perfect example of that, of you being able to one shot behind cover, one shot behind cover, so you can limit the damage you're taking even more while putting out damage. And you know, I think the shotguns are great for someone trying to solo. You know, you're already in a high risk. You're you're going in with like you're playing risky. You need the reward. No gun is gonna, you know, drop somebody quicker than a, you know, 100 or a 99 to the face uh, than a PK. And those are kind of the quick advantages that you need to create um, when you're down a man and soloing. So yeah, at the end of the day, it shots whatever you hit shots with. <laughs> I'll add if you love the R9, use the car. Just yeah, totally. Make mm-hmm. Transition, and you'll be handsomely rewarded because it just has every single advantage that you could think of, except for maybe a little bit of hip fire recoil control. Everything else, major advantage from reload to time mm-hmm. to kill to accuracy requirement to attachment availability to ammo availability. It's very, very, very good. So mm-hmm. I think that was a lot of good stuff. Got a lot of info there. <laughs> Next five-star question coming from The Apone. Hey, guys, love the pod. You always bring such great in-depth advice and tips for players of all skill levels. Me and my friends like to do some 1v1s in the firing range. I usually win, but I'm looking for a legend to use while I play the 1v1s in a real match that can give me the edge over a similarly skilled player. Thanks for making such a great and helpful content for everyone who enjoys the game. Have a good day. Oh, interesting question, Apone. We never really look at things in the 1v1 vacuum all the time because there's so many elements in Apex that make things never a 1v1. 
But if we are kind of like isolating, looking at that situation, we don't do a lot of firing range fights to like prepare for, you know, one V one conversations. I've seen a lot of people say Ash is a very good one V one legend because, you know, you get the tactical off, you tether, kind of give the little stun in close quarters. That can be effective. Movement's always going to probably be pretty effective in 1v1s. Fast strafes is Octane. Uh, you know, crazy grapples with Path. It, can I take Sheila with the uh, Rampart and mm-hmm. say that'll help mm-hmm. me win my 1v1s also? Yeah, there's, I think there's some good answers in there. <laughs> That's what's great about Apex, that there is a lot of really good answers. I think the question is a good one because they're winning your one is really important at a high level of apex. Um, so I think it's asked at a variety of skill levels. My follow-up question has to be, though, what kind of 1v1 is this? Is this, mm-hmm. I see a solo and I'm a solo and we're not going to engage? Movement is going to be the thing. Or is it a solo meets you at a door? Those are very different situations. And as a Gibraltar player, close range 1v1s i'm gonna pick gibraltar in the vast majority of situations because the gun shield that's where it's gonna shine is up close and personal and you're just gonna be able to win one you're gonna be able to win more 1v1s because you have that extra hit points to kind of absorb damage so i think either almost any mobility from bangalore's passive to valk's passive or going Gibraltar's passive in order to get that close range advantage. Well said. That was some good stuff. Uh, next question, coming from E-Rock, another five-star. You guys have a gift for making positive, informative, and enjoyable content for a game that is fun, but can also be toxic and sweaty. I apologize in advance for the lengthy question. One, like you guys started playing on Xbox, I took about a year and a half off to work, earned my degree about season 7 through 12, but got a new high-tier PC and have been grinding season 13 ranked very hard. The problem is I am way worse than I used to be. I still play on controller, but unlike you guys, my KD did not rise upon the Switch. I think it is also partly due to me taking so much time off during the break. I was a diamond player the first three seasons of ranked, but now I'm struggling to make it out of plat 3 with about two weeks left before the season ends. Any advice for controller players on making the successful switch from console to PC ranked? And then two, question two, do you get rewards for the highest tier you reach during the entire season or where you end the season at? For example, if I make the Diamond 4 and then drop down the platform at the end of the season, do I get the Plat or Diamond rewards? Thanks so much for being great at what you do. Oh, Henry, who wants to be the one that breaks the news to E-Rock on the, on the rank system and that, uh, you know, Diamond of Season 6 it's not diamond of season 13 as of now. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not something to really feel bad about, though. That not just at all. The entire rank system completely changed, and it doesn't have to do with your skill level, and not it's not having to do with the break or switching from Xbox to PC. Um, just the whole player distribution has shifted drastically, um, so I wouldn't feel too bad about it. Um, in terms of <laughs> tips... I mean, I was just gonna say, I think you could even make the conversation like plat three now yeah. might equate to higher than low diamond than before. Like that's yeah, how much that you actually are shifted. You are still progressing, if not still at the same. It, yeah, I think there's definitely something there. Um, 
but yeah, I wouldn't sweat like your kind of transition into PC. You know, if you want to credit anything, credit it to that year and a half you took off and kind of the rust because I can't take a week off without getting bad at the game. So I don't even know what a year and a half would look like. <laughs> I don't either, to be honest. Um, you took two weeks. <laughs> I know. And I'm really, really sticky over here. But the other thing that I noticed on the move from an Xbox to a PC is you have more frames, so you can use shotguns, you can use snipers, you can use the wingman a lot more efficiently than you can with an Xbox on an old TV. So I think there's a lot more opportunities to use higher, uh, more efficient weapons and faster time to kill weapons as well because you have more frames and more time to react and adjust your aim in the process as well. So a couple nuanced tips. Um, Second question, I believe there were rewards. Yeah. The diamond or the ranked rewards, it is the higher uh, rank that you reach in either split. Mm -hmm. So if in split one, you're pred and split two, you're master, you'll get the pred rewards uh, for that ranked season. Yep. 100%. If you're wrong, next question. question. Yeah. Coming from Gibby Main, five stars. Can you please do a remaster of Valkyrie? Because we've already main to Gibraltar. I love it. I like it. Yeah, we'll remaster Valk in the near future. Uh, I think it's definitely on it. We got a long list, but That's I would say long. she's she's on the list. I mean, every legend's on the list, but upper half, I think, is maybe fair to say. <laughs> Certainly in the upper half, it really depends on if something drastic happens. You know, yep. right now she is not the next on the list because really the only thing that's changed since the last time we mastered her was the cooldown of her passive uh, jump jets. Like mm-hmm. that is kind of the only thing that's out of date. The only reason we would remaster her now is to kind of bring more awareness to her which might not be necessary and the other thing (laughs) was changing up her ultimate a little bit but in terms of using her nothing's really changed so if you're looking to pick up valk i think you can still listen to that episode um but like shay said she's on the list i think there are a couple others that will inch her out uh, for this next season of remastering Last question, come from Josh, five star. First off, y'all are great. I've been a day one listener, and it's crazy how far y'all have come. Congrats. Day one listener, dude. Oh my goodness. Do you guys realize what day one is? Day one is two and three quarters of a year, right? Right? We're closing in on the three-year mark. It's crazy. Day one. Okay, yeah, keep going. So, question though. Now, what LTM would you like to come back or should I say what's your favorite so far? Now, what would you like to see come to Apex as an LTM as well? School's going to start soon again. I can't wait to listen to you all during class. Wow. Hopefully during study hour. During Spanish. No. Definitely (laughs) not during Spanish class. During Um, English class if you're international. That's, that's good, good right? Yeah, that's for good the international tip. audience. I don't know if that appeals to Josh, but uh, <laughs> I guess. Um, LTMs, man. Um, What's your favorite? What do you miss the most? And quick idea on something you would want if it ever came. 
you know, LTMs come back. Like we just had yeah. Armed and Dangerous come back and I was on vacation. Didn't get to play a whole lot. Um, but the thing is, there's just such a drop off in the players after the first week of an LTM mm-hmm. that you don't get the same kind of experience uh, as you do playing the other modes. I think um, they could cut it to a week. I think they could too, or switch it up and do two different modes yeah. in a yeah. two-week period event with you know like rewards that. and such. Um, that would definitely help. Winter Express is probably both of our favorite LTM. Yep. We hope comes back. Um, Armed and Dangerous is a longtime favorite of mine because it's impact on my love for Gibraltar and the G7. Um, but outside of those, um, any come to your your mind, Shay? The is it weird? I'm not even sure if I like this one, but the first one that came to my head was always be closing. Like, yeah, that's a uh, cool one. Which was like, yeah, that one was kind of fun. Just in terms of the the ring was always closing from when you dropped in, so it was like you knew where it was going to end as well. There was kind of some fun strategy in that. Um, uh, Halloween modes are always a blast in terms of the you know live die live or whatever they want to call it. It's kind of changed over the years. Um, I kind of miss like the OG Halloween mode though, like the shadow mode, the get to the dropship one. We haven't gotten that one in a while. That's cool. Um, I I loved the mode in season seven where they dropped down three different waves of care packages with different oh, rarities of that weapons. Was great, mm-hmm. that was a ton of fun and yeah. just kind of a mode where it was still apex. So it was still you know regular legends, regular rotations, but be able to loot less, like a lot yeah. less, um, which definitely increased the action. So those are a couple good options. Third person mode. Yeah, I love third person mode back. That was a ton so of fun. fun. That was that was great. Yeah, there's tons. Deja loot. That was another good, good one, one too. That one okay. we weren't sweaty enough for that. We should have gone no. harder in deja loot. Yeah, wasn't there like a gold one where like everything was gold that you kind of picked up? Um, like heavily incentivized mm-hmm. to find gold weapons and stuff. A gold rush, gold yeah. rush. I think was the name of one. Um. Yeah. Any ideas for any kind of sort of new LTM you'd love to share? In the, oh, well, in the I think term? I've talked about it recently. I feel like, um, you know, we have Armed and Dangerous where it's snipers and shotguns. I would love another kind of twist on that, whether it was all energy weapons or all wingmen yeah. or, you know, all something uh, in the weapon pool, I think would be a lot of fun because Armed and Dangerous, I think, is a win. So mm-hmm. do something more like that, just a little bit different. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think I'm always on like the you know the cooler, bigger modes. So control always come back. I love control, uh, but like a TDM hard point, like domination kind of thing, like a smaller version of domination, like respawn modes. I love that stuff. So yeah, I'd love that back. Uh, that's gonna wrap up this episode though. So thank you so much to our producer, the third party ten, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple and follow on Spotify. Check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thanks so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>